0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our father and our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Malachi chapter four. Here again, the part that reads, remember the law of my servant, Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I have commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord come and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction you may be seated well this is the last time I'm going to tell you things better change or that will be the end maybe you've heard those words those threatening words maybe even from your own father we don't want that to be the last word if we do or if we don't want that to be the last word then we need to have something change or things are going to get bad God says to the one who will come to who will come as Elijah if he doesn't do his job there'll be an utter decree of destruction these or I should say there are seven days left until the end that is the church, end of the church here. The Hebrew Masoretic Text ends with 2 Chronicles with Cyrus's declaration that he would build a temple. But for our English translations, the verses I repeated are the last words of the Old Testament. Now before you start wondering which is the right order, you must remember that the Bible is a collection of books that were at first in scrolls someone decided to put them in order in a book but it makes no difference it's all God's Word however it is fitting that Malachi would be the last book of the Bible for he's considered the last prophet for 400 years before John the baptizer comes on the scene and John concludes the Old Testament prophets And reveals Jesus Christ as the fulfillment, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Those are strong, threatening words. Jesus says, that John is the Elijah who is to come, and John's father, quoting the part of Malachi, says in Luke chapter 1, verse 17, and he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. John the Baptizer also has strong words, calling the religious leaders a brood of vipers, calling to King Herod. That it was not right for him to marry his brother's wife. Well, that ticks off Herod's wife, lands John in prison to be beheaded. Doesn't sound very successful, does it, in turning hearts? Yet before John dies, he says of Jesus Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John tells his people and us and what Malachi proclaimed, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the son of righteousness comes to take people under his care to cover them as a hen would cover her chicks, protecting them from God's eternal wrath. Yet what do the religious leaders do? but seek to get rid of Jesus. They finally arrest him in the dark. They try him in court in the dark. Rather than judging him by God's word, they bring him before a Gentile, a Roman governor, to judge him as guilty of death, forcing Pilate to do their dirty, wicked work, to crucify him, the very Son of God. These people, Oppose their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what happens? The Romans intensify their opposition to the Jews. They siege Jerusalem so long that people take leather and chew it as if it was for food. They consider and even eat their own children to survive. The temple catches fire and is completely destroyed in 70 A.D. God has waited 400 years for things to change lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Remember. Remember the law of my servant Moses and the statutes and the decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. And what did Moses proclaim in Deuteronomy 18 15? The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from among your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired the Lord God at Horeb on that day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. God's law, spoken directly to the heart, pierces it with death, and God's people knew it. God knew it. So he granted their request, which had already been set down in the former pages of Scripture, starting with the curse of the serpent in Genesis 3:15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That promise of the offspring. Again. Reaffirmed and expanded with Abraham in Genesis 22, "I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as, as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the great or the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And then, years later, to David. In 1st Chronicles 22 and he shall build you a house for my name and he shall be my son and I will be his father and I will establish his royal throne forever I will be his father Caleb went ahead and threw the pillow from the chair on the floor Caleb Put the pillow back on the chair, his father said. Caleb's lip protruded. His eyebrows became stiff. And he said no. Caleb, put the pillow back on the chair. With those words, Caleb's shoulders rose. And let him go and said no Caleb pick up the pillow and put it back on the chair or you're going into timeout no was repeated again dad was about ready to pick him up and he bent over and picked up the pillow and put it back on the chair and then Caleb said daddy I'm sorry, do you still love me?" With those words, his heart melted and Dad picked him up and said, Yes, son, I love you. After a few sobs, Caleb looked into Dad's eyes and said, Daddy, I love you too. The heart of a child to his father and a father to his child. Zechariah proclaimed in 117, and he will go forth in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make for the Lord a people prepared. See, there are times when God continues to warn and to warn and to warn us And we go our disobedient way, even forgetting that he is there. And then some disaster strikes. And we wonder, does our Heavenly Father still love us? Today and every time we hear God's word, every time the law strikes our heart with fear or disaster strikes around us, Turn to the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ, who beams with the light from heaven with his healing wings. For Jeremiah in Lamentations 3 says, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, he says, therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. And so every morning that the sun rises in the east, be reminded that the Son of God comes with healing for you. Now the Greek translators for the Septuagint translated from the Hebrew didn't like the way Malachi ended and so they changed the orders of the verses. Verse 4 was the last verse that they decided they would end Malachi with. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and the just decrees that I have commanded him in Horeb and all Israel. But some Hebrew copyists did not like that either. And so they ended Malachi with verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and the awesome day of the Lord comes. But you know what? I don't think changing the order of verses really does us any good, does it? Changing scripture doesn't do any good either. It doesn't do anything for our problem, and it didn't do anything for theirs. Sin still leads to death and destruction. Malachi, and the last verse, God-threatening destruction, is not the last word, and doesn't have to be the last word for any of us. The final word for the repentant sinner is the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. The son of righteousness with healing that is forgiveness mercy and grace we have had our first snow brought me back to the farm and cleaning the cattle shed on January bitter cold but beautiful sunny day as the sun struck the snow you'd open up the cattle shed and out the calves would go leaping with joy they're out they're free so it is when Jesus has the last word for us the forgiveness of sins. when that happens the verse is fulfilled you shall go out like leaping like calves from the stall and you shall tread down the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on that day when i act as the lord of hosts for jesus has the last and the joyous word for us amen the peace of god that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus